Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. There are many settings in which you might see even posted on a wall in a building or a facility or a place of employment, some kind of code of conduct. And if you think about, okay, the church and Christians, what is our code of conduct? What is the Christian's code of conduct? That's what we're going to get to a little bit more in Colossians chapter 3. And as we get into this chapter, we're now in the halfway point of this chapter where it moves from, I guess, the part of the code of conduct that says this is the things we're not going to do into the things that it says we will do. And what we need to remember is this is not just some list of rules or regulations or ceremonies or rituals. This is all based on Christ. He is the one who has achieved our salvation. He is the one who has raised us from the dead. And now he is seated at the right hand of God. And someday he will appear and we will be like him and we will be glorified with him. In light of that, how do we live? How do we live out that little taste of heaven on earth? Well, we get more of a glimpse of that today, starting in verse 12 in these proactive commands. And I want you to examine your own life in light of this code of conduct that we are about to read today and ask yourself, is this what I'm living out? Is this what I am reflecting? And remember, this isn't about doing these things just to do them. It's about this is what Christ has raised you from the dead to do. Uh, This is uh, what he purchased with his blood for you. Uh, And so we see it starts there in verse 12. Today we're looking at Colossians 3, 12 through 25. And it starts by saying, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And so as we look at those verses, I love how it starts. It reminds us we are God's chosen ones. We are not here because We figured it out. We are not here because we're so smart. We're so holy. No, we are here because we are God's chosen ones. And we are holy. That's set apart. And we are beloved. Oh, man, that already makes us remember this code of conduct isn't just about, hey, what you need to do. This code of conduct is completely based on what Christ has done. He has chosen us, set us apart, and loved us. And in light of that, All of these first things are really attitudes that aim towards our heart and how we feel and how we treat other people, that we would have compassionate hearts, that we would have kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Uh, We talked about a very similar verse at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley this weekend. As we were looking at Philippians, one of the cross-references we looked at was Ephesians 4, where, hey, we need to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have called. And it starts with a very similar list. It's amazing how when God starts this code of conduct in in the positive way, it, it always comes back to these things, compassion, kindness, humility, and even bearing with one another. We need to remember that we are a part of a team. 
And, and that team is not always going to be easy because it's a bunch of sinners on that team. So do you know what we need? All of these things. We need compassion. We need kindness, humility, bearing with one another. Is that what you are displaying? Or are you forgetting that God chose you, set you apart, and loved you? Are you starting to think, I'm here because I got my act together, and I don't have time for all these people that don't have their act together? That's not the code. That, that is not the way that Jesus has taught us to live. And I want you to think, okay, your church, or even maybe more specifically, your, maybe your, your small group or the team of people that you serve with, what are you bringing to that team? Are you bringing compassion, kindness, humility, or bearing with one another? Or are you bringing pride, impatience, uh, being tired of other people? What is it for you? And remember, what have we been shown through Jesus Christ? And we're also to put on uh, peace and, and love here. In verse 14, we see love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love and, and a commitment to others' well-being is going to bind all those other attributes together. It's going to bind all of us together. And the peace of God is going to rule in our hearts. And we're going to be thankful. Uh, one thing you'll notice is Thanksgiving is going to come up here quite quite a bit, especially there in verse 15 and then verse 16 and then verse 17. Thankfulness comes up. The Christian code, we're really, really thankful. And again, it's because this code is not our way to achieve uh, favor with God or salvation. No, this code is all because of what Christ has done for us. And so we are thankful. And verse 16 is a verse that could very well be a theme verse for this podcast. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Is that what you're bringing? Uh, you are in the word and the word is so in you that you can't help but speak of it. And you're bringing it to conversations and it's influencing uh, what you do and what you say. Um, that, that's the way it should be. And whatever we do, we're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And that's one of the ways you, you can do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus is by giving thanks for it. We should walk through life with an abundance of gratitude because we are people who have received the grace of God. We are chosen, holy, and beloved. So that's, that's the code. Uh, we need to feel uh, compassion, humility, patience towards others. We need to express that in love towards them, a commitment to their well-being. The word needs to saturate our hearts and, and, and spill into our relationships. And whatever we do, we should be thankful. And, and that starts to then get into our uh, just our daily responsibilities. Next, we get into what's sometimes called the household codes. Uh, we see wives, husbands, children, fathers, uh, bond servants, and then if we leak a little bit into chapter four, we see masters. And, and that's just a reminder: whatever station of life you are in, God is calling you to to do something, to live a certain way. Wives, submit to your husbands, uh, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. If you fit into any of those categories, uh, examine yourself today. Are you living the way Christ wants you 
to live. And especially one thing that that it stands out about this list, and again, if you get into chapter four, uh, it's very shocking what it says to the person that the culture would have thought this is the authority figure. The husbands love your wives. What? That would have blown their culture's mind. Fathers, don't don't provoke your children? What? Why should a father care about that? And then as it gets into chapter four, masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly. Uh, this is what would have been a shock to the system of the ancient uh, culture, that, that the person in authority wasn't just to exercise that authority and lord that authority over people, but the person in authority was actually meant to care for uh, the people um, underneath them. The husband is actually meant to care for and to love his wife. The father actually cares about not discouraging his children. And the master wants to be fair to his slaves. So is there any realm in which God has put you in authority? Are you handling that authority the way God would want you to? And are you following the example of Jesus, leadership by service? These are important things. So there's so much to chew on from this second half of Colossians 3 that really should get us into our daily lives, our everyday responsibilities to say, am I living out this code of conduct that Christ has given to me? And remembering that this this all flows, not just out of obligation or responsibility, but it all flows out of what Christ has done for me that I am chosen, holy, and beloved. And again, it's because I'm setting my mind on the things above where Christ is and even focused on the day that he will appear in glory. And now speaking of the future and even uh, what Christ is going to do in the future, man, we've got so much and we, we just don't have time to do to do justice to all of these passages today. But if we go to the Old Testament, we're looking at Isaiah 24 through 27. And this get, gets pretty apocalyptic. Uh, thinking about the end, we're now instead of judgment on specific nations, chapter 24 speaks of judgment on the whole earth. Uh, but then we also see not just judgment, but but God accomplishing his final plan. And it says in chapter 25, verse 5, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all people, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord will wipe away every tear or wipe wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Someday God's work will be done. The earth will be judged and his people will be provided for and death will be swallowed up forever and we will rejoice in him. And Twice there, it says we have waited for him. That's a good reminder of what we should be doing right now because we have not seen this fulfillment yet. So we are waiting on him. And that's not always easy, but as we wait on him, we follow this code of conduct and we trust him. Chapter 26 of Isaiah has some very encouraging verses as well. Uh, Verse two of chapter 26, um, going into verse three, open the gates that the righteous nation may keep that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. 
Oh, well, we can trust in God and he will keep us in peace. And when we can yearn for him, verse 8 says, In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and your remembrance are the desire of our souls. So those are good reminders that as we wait for that day when death will be swallowed up, we want to trust him. We want to have his name and his remembrance be the desire of our souls. And that kind of gets us back to Colossians 3. We want to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. Uh, So that gives us a lot to chew on and a lot to to do. It gives us a lot of instruction on how we should live today. Uh, Living in light of the fact that we have a Savior who has raised us from the dead and a Savior who someday will swallow up death forever. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.